stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We are broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona. Right here in Scottsdale, Arizona this past Sunday, the original Batmobile was sold at the Barrett-Jackson auction for $4.2 million. The buyer, who's a local businessman here, uh, jokingly said he's going to knock a hole in his wall and put the car in his living room. Now, maybe you don't think so, but I think $4.2 million is a lot of money. He has a right to spend his money any way he wants to, and I'm a champion of that. But I couldn't help but think about what he could do with some of that money that would help a lot of people and give him the absolute joy that goes with seeing perhaps a family save their house, their home, or children get computers for their classrooms that don't have computers, or an outstanding student get a scholarship so they can realize their own dream. You know, would helping um, a single mom start her own business so she could better help her children, better take care of her children, you know, wouldn't that be as rewarding as seeing a car in your living room? You know, I think so. I, I know my bias is showing, and I'm okay with that. Um, I guess the reason this hit me so hard was that I've been preparing for today's guest. You know, go to theselfimprovementblog.com. All, all run together, theselfimprovementblog.com, and read about Ari Nelson and his work with the Pollination Project. You'll see his picture, his bio, a video describing the project, and there are links to his website and to the grant application page. You're going to want to know more about this. Some of you may want to apply after you hear this. Ari Nessel gives away a thousand dollars a day every day to individual change makers and activists who are working to make the world or just their own little corner a better, more peaceful and more sustainable place. 
Remember, this is seed money. It's not the whole plant. He's the founder and president of a new organization, the Pollination Project, which awards $1,000 grants as seed money to passionate individuals. Listen to passionate. Passionate individuals working for the benefit of people, the planet, and animals in areas like environmental sustainability, social justice, and community health and wellness. <clears throat> he lives in Dallas with his wife, a doctor who cares for underserved populations. They're two young sons and a dog. I love that dog part. He also teaches meditation and yoga workshops and is, and is an activist for peace, nonviolence, and animal advocacy. My little puppy's going to need an advocate soon if he doesn't stop chewing up my slippers. It is such a pleasure to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Ari Nessel. Ari, welcome. Thank you, Irene. It's nice to be on with you. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. I, ever since I heard about this project, I've been excited about having you on. Let's start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Ari Nessel? Sure. Well, I, it's a question I'm, I've been trying to work on for many years to figure out the answer myself. I think uh, we all have. <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, there's always the superficial level of who we are. You know, the labels. You know, um, husband, father. You know, businessman. You know, yo- yoga practitioner. All those. You know, ways we frequently identify ourselves. But you know, who I am. You know, on a more deeper level, is the person. You know, I think the deepest level is someone who seeks. Uh, uh, to have great meaning in my life and to, uh, to sort of be, uh, to express my inherent ariness in the world and that ariness. And some, sometimes that's, you know, it's being generous, like through the pollination project. Sometimes it's about feeling really connected, uh, to the people around me. Uh, other times it's, uh, the, the, my, the, the, who I am is someone who's joyful and playful and sometimes it's more serious. So, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, I almost in some ways think who I am is a, by getting too rigid around that, it, it sort of, it, um, it limits who I am. So I really like to think of myself in a, you know, it's, it's, at a time, a certain time and space, who I am is very different than maybe another time and space. Uh, so I'm sorry if I'm not giving you a concrete answer. I think it's, uh, you know, I've got certain, there's certain needs I think I have that are more accentuated than maybe other people, like that need, like I said, for meaning. Uh, in my life, the need for a sense of contribution and peace uh, and uh, and connection for so those so I would maybe define myself by those qualities, which are pretty much I would say most are in common with most people I meet. Um, I think that's a very good uh, definition, actually. We had a guest last week who had written a book, and he talks about us being an ocean, and all the little waves come and go, but they're still part of who we are. I thought that was lovely, and I, I was hearing that in your description. How did your own personal journey of self-improvement lead you to this place in your life where you can take this amazing step to helping people, um, helping people who want to improve things around them, you know, their community, their 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 country, their planet, whatever? How did you get here? Sure, well... You know, it's it's interesting as I as I reflect on it now. Like we're, you know, I think when I think of my this from a from your standpoint, from like in the self improvement, I think I started making a conscious effort for self improvement uh, back in college. I actually was given a book uh, by Anthony Robbins, which is uh, the king 
being, uh, you know, the, the quintessential example of self-improvement gurus out there, at least in, in America. And I read his book, Awaken the Giant Within. And it just, it started me thinking about how I, you know, about, you know, um, just reevaluating where I, where I want to be and how do I get there. And I think, you know, what I got from him is it sort of, a, a, I don't think it didn't, if I think of my, like, sort of my, my process of self-improvement as being a boat, I think it helped enlarge my sail. I'm not so sure it gave me the rudder, the direction, uh, but it really it helped me figure out, you know, how to get what I wanted. Now, I don't know how, but at that time, I think what I, what I was wanting wasn't necessarily things that were going to bring great happiness and joy in my life and meaning. Uh, and that's, so that's, but it helped start building the skill sets and tools to, to be reflective and to look back and see what was working, what wasn't working in my life. And then, uh, you know, years later, uh, this really helped lead up to the pollination project, uh, as well as, you know, this, just, this need for contribution. Uh, I had, I was, I was walking down uh, the boardwalk in Venice Beach. I don't, have you ever been to Venice Beach before? I have. Yes, I have. You know, they've got all these different things going on around there, muscle up, you guys lifting weights and people doing walking on glass, and it's very interesting. It's um, one of the most unique and fun places I've ever Yeah, it is. And uh, so I, I, was, I was walking up, uh, down, or down, I, was, I just moved to California at the time, a couple years after I graduated from college. And I saw this guy about 100 yards ahead of me, and I had a flashback to when I was there when I was 13. And I, uh, that same guy I saw who was standing there with some, like, an information booth, I remembered seeing him there about eight years earlier when I was an early teenager. Uh, and he had all this information about how animals were treated for, uh, uh, to create uh, meat. It was, I think it's time specifically talking about uh, uh, McDonald's, how they were pro- how they were raised, how they were pr- how they were slaughtered, how they lived their lives, and I read it really in depth. But it was interesting; it was new information for me that I didn't know. I think most people didn't know, and I went on with my life as normal. And then I came back, seeing the same guy, and I saw I saw him ahead of me, and I had this epiphany: like everything I had read eight years earlier, all of a sudden made sense to me. I even walk up to the booth, and from that moment on, I decided I, uh, you know, my. My consciousness wasn't going to allow me to participate in that kind of violence, and I stopped eating land, animal, land animals. But what that did for me uh, on a more broad base was besides that decision to, to move towards a vegetarian and eventually a vegan diet, was it started me thinking about how my life affects others. That this, you know, as Thich Nhat Hanh calls it, our interbeing. You know, how we, how are, we inter are. Like no one lives in a vacuum. We can't do, who I am is a direct relationship to who you are. And Even if you're me. a hermit, you have an impact. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you, have a rel- you have a relationship. You're, not, you're never alone. You're, you're, your relationship is a hermit with, you know, with the cave you abode in or the, uh, the animals around you or the food or the, the, the vegetation around you that you're, you're eating from. Yep, all of that. And also the generations that came before you that made that, that, that cultivated that land and the generations come after you. There's a... You know, there's a, there's definitely, I think that's easy to, to, to not pay attention to how inter, inter, how interrelated our being is to everything around us. So, so when you were at Venice Beach after college and you had that epiphany, what then, what kind of thoughts did you generate about what direction you wanted to head in 
you know, how, you know, wh- what did you do in the time between college and the time you st- started the pollination project? So, so, so after the, this epiphany and then up to the pollination project time, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, what, what prepared you? What kind of, you know, what occupation did you, did you have? What, you know, what motivated you to come to this point of the pollination project? I I would give, uh, most, the, most of the credit, uh, or it's it's a lot of things, uh, that led to, but I give most of the credit to my, uh, taking on, so after I had that epiphany, uh, about, you know, eating animals and just started looking into how my life related, to other lives, I began a spiritual search, basically, about, like, well, I had this, you know, subsequent epiphany that I was going to get everything I wanted in life, that I, like, all my goals were going to get met. I, for some reason, I had built this skill set, it seemed like, to be able to get what I wanted. But I also saw in that epiphany that I was going to get what I wanted and still not be happy. And I, you know, I saw myself being, you know, having this midlife crisis of being sometime in my 50s and looking back and saying, I... I, here I am with everything I want, and I'm still unhappy. And I didn't, and I wanted to prevent that vision from occurring. So it seemed to me that there is something, I, well, I hadn't collected, uh, connected very much to different religions, uh, I felt like I wanted to do an investigation. So I started looking at different religious practices, and it came to me that I was really, uh, intrigued by, uh, by the, the Buddhist practices, uh, and I started learning how to uh, practice a meditation. And that also led to a practice of, uh, I had a tough time sitting, so I learned the, the practice of physical, of the yoga, po- yoga poses, asana. Uh-huh. And those, those two practices, this is the practice of meditation, which is in here, this is not a religious practice per se, I just learned it through, through Buddhism, but it's practiced by all theologies and non-the- non-theistic groups as well. And uh, I, but, I consider it the most important self-improvement tool. The mm-hmm. most important. It's the quintessential because you, how does one really work on self-improvement without knowing thyself and meditation? You can't. <laughs> you can't. If you don't know where you, you know where you are, it's like how can you? You don't even know what you where you're, If you don't know your your foibles, you know you don't know your inclinations. It's hard to change those things about you. So anyway, we're meditating and doing yoga. And and uh, and just through that process, I just start I, I start paying closer attention about what really brings me happiness and joy in my life, and it becomes, you know, it becomes obvious to me that the, uh, you know, the, the American dream wasn't wasn't going to get me what I wanted. There's and, this wonderful saying that I think is just really rich. I climbed the ladder of success to find I had it against the wrong wall, mm-hmm. and uh, you hear of this. You hear of this with men who have been extremely successful, very, very wealthy, who committed suicide because they were so incredibly depressed. Um, well, you hear time and time again, study after study, that shows once people have a very basic, their basic needs met, like maybe above the poverty level a little, there is, there is almost no correlation between one's wealth and one's level of happiness. Absolutely. On that thought, because I want to get into the pollination project, let's go to break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more about what, how, what got you here, but then about your project. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Ari Nessel saying stay tuned. We're going to be back with more about the pollination project.
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Are you where you want to be in life? Are you experiencing the happiness that you're entitled to? How'd you like to improve your life and well-being? Take a weekly break to listen to Change Your Mind, Change Your Life with your hosts, Jim and Lynn Swearingen. You'll learn how hypnosis can truly help you rewrite the chapters of your life. You'll also learn to change perceptions of what hypnosis is and what it isn't. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Ari Nessel, who has the Pollination Project. They give away $1,000 every single day to someone with a great idea about how to improve things. Ari, we have you out of college. We have you on your spiritual path. Uh, what you know? What did you do then? You, you had to make a living somehow to get to something as as magnificent as the pollination project what did you do after well probably during the time you were doing all the searching you were still doing something how did you, how did you get from there you know in terms of employment or profession to do something as grand as you're doing well uh so I, I actually, when I was in California, I had an internet. I, I, I found an internet startup. I had a business degree, and so I had some background, and uh, and I started an internet startup uh, with a partner, and we raised some money from uh, some individuals out of California and Taiwan, and it was this was 1997, which is very early on in the whole internet uh, bubble, the, or the first bubble at least. Uh, uh, but when it was just starting to become popular, and at that time things were not that so different today, but at that time things were very much in flux. Every day, like people, things were changing. You didn't know what the internet was or what it was going to become, and the the, the enterprise ended up uh, failing. And after that, I wanted to get as far from the internet as possible. And it seemed to me <laughs> the furthest thing I could go was to real estate, where I could actually touch and hold and feel and see uh, what I was working with. And so I started working uh, uh, helped, uh, as a, in, in property management and uh, construction. Uh, and then I, after, after that, I 
was able to buy my first my first project. My first, uh, I found an investor and I borrowed some money from them and did a project and that did well. And I parlayed the money, the wealth from that into new deals. And then those, then it went onward from there. And so now I, uh, we what we do now is we buy and we uh, sustainably renovate apartment buildings in Texas predominantly. Ah, so you're you're not into selling uh, people a house. You're buying, redoing, and managing properties, or that's all, right. We, probably we, a combination of all of those. Yeah, we, we we're not so much in the property management as much, but we buy you know rundown properties, and we we uh, we redevelop them. We we don't, I don't like to buy anything to knock it down. I it's just it's I mean I, I see that too much of that. Uh, it's it's a that of a cultural habit of of throwing things away that just need a little improvement to them, not so not so different than ourselves. So now you you've got a business that's very successful. And it's interesting to me. What's interesting just flitted through my mind was here we are in this really tough economy where people are losing homes. Um, the real estate market has been so down, and you're thriving. Well, I, uh, I've been, you know, really blessed, very lucky and privileged. I happen to pick, you know, pick opportunities that worked out well for me and be surrounded myself with people that supported me. And, you know, also there's some hard work in there as well. Some, some will, a willingness to fail is really helpful in business, I find. You know, you gotta put yourself out there and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, if you're also trying to, if you're not, if you're willing to make mistakes, you learn a lot more. We, we always try new and different things and sometimes it fails, but, as long as we, it's a small failure, uh, it works out all right. And it seems to me, and this is, uh, I don't have any numbers on this, but when you're using your business in a way that helps other people and your heart is open, that your business has more opportunity to thrive. Uh, I'm a, you know, I, when I pay attention to my life closely, you know, I really see, uh, the, that karma is not just a, uh, a philosophical idea. It really no, it's, plays it's, it's out. A, it's an idea in action. I mean, it, 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 just, it just to me, it's like the law of gravity. You know, gravity exists, karma exists. I see it in my life when I'm, you know, when I'm more generous, life is more generous back to me. And you know, it's so like something I do that I, I've learned to do is sometimes my, when my business, like you know, last, I moved to Texas partly because my business wasn't doing well. We used to live in California. And I had to be closer to it because I was afraid of it going to, you know, but, you know, I ended up handing a couple of buildings back to bank, to lenders, and was very concerned about losing it all. And, you know, what I, the natural inclination of those situations is to sort of, to sort of shrivel up and to not, to, to, to hold, to hoard more, to hold on to, be protective. And, you know, when I caught myself doing that, I was really, and I started paying attention to karma, I, I learned to be more generous to people around me, to be more generous uh, with what I could be, uh, to other, to nonprofits and otherwise, because I saw that the more I was going to give, the more I got. And it's, uh, uh, it, it just seems to me a, a good success strategy. I totally agree. I imagine that when you started talking about giving away $1,000 a day, people thought you were losing it. Uh, I, you know, where, I know it's been done in other parts of the world and very successfully, but what gave you the idea to do this? Give a thousand dollars a day to people you've never seen before because they're trying to start something that is only now an idea. Sure. Well, I get, I've been, for a number of years, I've been making donations to various nonprofits that I feel really connected to. Um, 
you know, and it's, you know, so I'd write a check maybe once a month, or I'd, in most cases I would be auto-debited auto from my account, or I'd make a year-end donation. And, you know, it, feel, it, feel, it felt great to give, to support these causes and these people that I really connect to what they're doing in the world. But it was a very temporary sense of satisfaction. And then I go back to my day-to-day life, and I'd, you know, and, you know, I just, it, it, it wouldn't have a staying power with me. So what I was looking for, you know, this is, you know, this is sort of the, uh, you know, the benefits of generosity. I was, I was really wanting to feel this, the, the, the goodness it felt of, you know, of, 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 of giving on a more regular basis. And really, and I felt like what I was missing from that is, is two, is the regularity of it, so I was doing it more, fre- more frequently, and two, was being really, con- really knowing what the, u- what the money was used for, like really connected to the, the benefits of the money. That's sort of where this came, uh, this came up, this idea came from. I'm like, I really would love to make a donation every day. So every day I felt like I remembered why I was working the way I was. When I, you know, I, I was making, working towards making money, so it felt more meaningful. Um, and then, and then the other part is I started thinking about that. I'm like, Ralph, I really want to take this further. I don't want to just give a donation every day to an, to an organization. I really want to, I want to give a donation to a person. To an individual who's doing stuff, because then I'll, and I, where I'm knowing what they're going to, I know what they're going to do with the money, and, and I can connect to the fruits of it. And then I really wanted to figure out, as we develop the pollination project further, you know, I do that effectively, support the, reach out to the, as many people as possible, and support them in, as, as effectively as possible, not just giving them money, but giving them some support and how they can, how they can, inc- uh, do their project in a way that's more, uh, more effective. And then taking that even further, you know, it's, just seeing, making the money go, making the money really be valuable is that these people are now, they're, we're giving a thousand dollars, but they're putting a thousand dollars or more of volunteer labor. So we don't pay people for their time. They've got, this is their opportunity for their own source of generosity, like, like, like I'm offering with money, they're doing with their time. And so we're, we're matching a dollar of, la- of, of, of money with a dollar of labor. Now we're getting two dollars of production. For, for, for the donation. And then take it further, I think those people are going to inspire, unlike, unlike other organizations, I don't think, you know, what the Humane Society does or what, you know, Earth Save or, or what, uh, you know, Make a Wish, these are all great organizations, but I think when people see those organizations and those people that work with them doing good in the world, they don't think I could do that. They think that's an organization, you know, if the government's doing good things. But when they see their neighbor doing it, they see their friend, their family member, their coworker, their, their you know, co-student, they like they're they're reminded of what they can do in the world because these are people who are doing this are not full time, you know, full time uh, nonprofit people. Uh, they're they're doing this on the side, something they have a passion about where they can make a contribution. So the next multiplier is that that person influences a few people around them to do the same thing. Maybe not with our money, but in, you know, but in in some other capacity. Now, as this grows, you're going to be really busy if you're going to be watching every one of these, you know, 365 at the end of the year. There's a lot of businesses to be taking part in. So the the question that is at the front of my mind, Ari, you know, I'm being very human, is this WIIFM question, what's in it for me? What's in this for you? Why are you doing this? You know, it's like, like I said at the beginning, one of the, what I seek is probably as much as any quality in my life is meaning. And this really meets that need for meaning. Uh, when I, it, I can wake up just really knowing that my life matters. And that is the greatest gift I can ever have for myself. Uh, I can offer them to myself is to feel, feel 
like my life matters and to feel like I'm expressing my my highest ariness in the world. I love it. I, I, I want to tell the people again to go to the self-improvement blog and look at your picture because they're probably thinking you've got to be, you know, 60 years old or something. You're a young man. I don't know how I, I feel, old you are. I feel I young. Know, but you're a young man. You're not in a suit and tie looking all fancy. You're in a sweater looking like you just rolled up your sleeves to get something done. And I really love that. And, and you know, I just... You know, what you're doing is so, so exciting. How many grants have you given out to this point? Sure. We, I think we, we've given out a little over, I think I want to say about 60 grants we've done at this point. We, we were doing sort of beta testing of it last year. We gave out around, you know, 40 grants uh, or, or so where we, just, we were working with different organizations, helping us uh, find uh, potential grantees, having them apply for it, giving them money, seeing how it went, seeing who, who did a good job of it, who seemed to have, who was, you know, what, what level of maturity was required, how far a thousand dollars goes. Cause we, that's a big question. We didn't know, I didn't know, you know, why was my idea to do a thousand dollars away a day, uh, every day? I really wasn't sure what could be done with a thousand dollars. And that's, that was a big question. There's, the two questions were one is, what can be done with a thousand dollars? Is it enough to really have a meaningful impact? And the second question is, how do we find the people who are going to, who can use this money, who can really, who really need it and can do good things in the world with it? So what can people do with a thousand dollars? You know, my mind immediately went, well, you've got all those permits and licenses to get right up front. You haven't done anything yet, but you still have to have all this. So that would be a starting place to get all the licenses and permits you had to have to do what it is you needed to do or uh, have your sample made or, you know, depending on what your project is. But what are some of these people using the money for? Sure. I'll, I'll give you some examples. Um, so uh, the, there's a guy named Michael Mink. Uh, he's out of he's actually a high school student in Dallas. Uh, he co-founded an organization called Paint the World. Uh, they bring artistic, creative opportunities to underprivileged youth, and they go to like orphanages, shelters, elementary schools, and they spend the day. They, they, he brings with other volunteer high school students, other art students from all around, uh, and some some kids who actually have to do some community service for various reasons. And they'll spend the day doing painting and drawing and promoting visual and performance arts as a means of expression. And they, so our money with them helps to support, you know, buy materials such as paint and watercolor, paper, brushes, and other mediums for them to, to expand what they're doing. You know, uh, there's a woman, uh, a clinical psychologist, her name is Melody. Uh, she, she has a, she brings, she's bringing together, uh, yoga and an embodied experience, uh, experience to girls who are struggling with, you know, with issues of self-worth. Oh, and they, they, she created this, so their project is called the Inner, the Inner Beauty Shop. And they bring like yoga, holistic nutrition, and media influences, and they have these groups that they meet together. Uh, and this is this funding workshops for 12 to 18 year old girls at schools around, uh, in her area to, 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 to work on the sense of self-worth, I guess, to really see their value outside of the visual. What wonderful projects. It's time for us to take a break. I want to talk more about this. When we come back, this is Irene Conlon with my guest Ari Nessel saying stay tuned for more of the Self-Improvement Show.
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self-improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Ari Nessel. We're talking about his pollination project that gives a thousand dollars every single day to someone with an idea of how they can make things better we were talking about a few of the projects that have been funded uh what's what's the most exciting one you've seen to this point are are they all just you know memorable they're they're all pretty exciting to me uh otherwise you know we wouldn't fund them quite frankly we're uh and you know, one that stands out to me is uh, there is a woman. Uh, uh, her name is Shereen. She's a she's a nun. Sister her name is Sister Donna, and she runs a small orphanage in rural Ethiopia. Oh my! And goodness. they have a their community is a, like a, a small maize farm. Maize is like corn, and it's the only thing feeding the, the community during famine. I mean, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty. The, the, this maize was really tall. The pictures are pretty remarkable when you see them, and they also have a problem there with with healthy with clean drinking water. And so we, uh, we worked with a group called Waves for Water, who provides these, sustain- these, 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 these uh, buckets with a special filter that allows it can get from, like, for, like, a couple of dollars. You can go ahead and get, like, thousands of gallons, convert, you know, unpure water to drinking, drink-quality water, uh, and we provided that in seeds. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty much seeds and these, these water filters. So she could grow food, and she could help bring the community these buckets and these filters, so they can get water from the you know the rivers and lakes and make it potable. And it's it, you know just it's just remarkable uh, you know how I'm just not amazed at how much further money can go really go in places like Ethiopia. Uh, and this is a really good example. Well, things can go further here than we think. That they can as well. You can do a lot with a little bit if you if you plan. Uh, 
before I ask you the next question, tell people how they can find you. How do they find the Pollination Project? How do they get in touch with you? How do they apply? All of those kind of things, you know, we'll talk more about applying. Sure. So um, our uh, web address is uh, thepollinationproject.org. Not to be confused with pollinationproject.org, because there is one of those as well. Uh, it's thepollinationproject.org. And there's an application online there uh, for people. And I, am, I just want to say that everyone, I, would, I think I'd be hard-pressed to not find a person who has some sort of privilege, some opportunity, uh, some, um, some special gift that they have this opportunity to make a difference in their community, in their neighborhood. Uh, and I think if everyone just really started paying attention, they would see, wow, like I have this, you know, there's this thing I really, that really pulls me that I'm really concerned about, or there's this project that I've seen, that I've wanted to take on and I never thought I could do it. And maybe their limitation was money, maybe it was they, they, a lack of self-confidence, but I am, I see, I'm seeing through every walk of life, through every age, through, and through different genders, through different professions from, you know, from doctors and psychologists to, to, to high school students, to, to people who, who have who never completed high school, it, it doesn't make a difference. Everyone has an ability to make a contribution. And we fund people, you know, their background. It is not dependent on you. You don't need to have some special background to get funding from us. Just uh, a sense of explanation of why you're inspired to do what you do and how you're going to do it. Now, let's, let's just say I put in my application and, um, you know, um, I put in my application, I tell you what I want to do, how I'm going to spend the money, I, you know, answer all your questions. What can I expect then? How uh, am I going, how long is it going to take to hear from somebody? Is that application going to yeah. stay there for a long time or am I going to hear right away? How do you, how do you give the money? Is it all at once? Is it divided up? How much? Uh, how much overlooking do you do of the projects? Sure. So, uh, it's, we tr- first of all, we try to make it a, a relatively short application. We we we, we want to get as many good applications applications as possible, and we know that people, you know, sometimes they're, they they if they're not sure they're going to get it, they don't want to they don't want to go uh, they don't want to they don't want to spend five hours on the application. And we understand right. that. We want to make it easy for them, uh, and we'll often have follow up questions on their application. But it's a, it's like a two page questionnaire. It's right from our website. Uh, you know, it should take no more than an hour to fill out. As long as people have really thought, have already uh, uh, thought through what they want to do, it, should, it would take probably a half hour for them to fill it out. Um, and after they apply, we try to get back with them. In, uh, definitely four weeks, but our, our, we really try every two weeks to get back to people. And it's uh, and frequently, you know, you know, frequently we uh, we will have. Uh, follow-up questions for the person if we're unsure about some of the, some aspects of what they're doing or their background, how it's relevant, or how they're going to succeed at what they're doing. And it's uh, you know we, we either we either follow up with yes we need more information or uh, it's a yes or a contingent yes or please you know, please reapply or provide us more you know apply again, reapply again you know in the future. So and in my experience, think- even people who don't get the, the money, they those people are. No one here, like, is, like, is to me, uh, like, failed. Just come trying to think about how you can improve the world. I think that is a success all on its own. I, I totally agree with you. Okay, you've, you've notified me that I have my money. Um, how, what do you give out? You, you, I think I read somewhere, or you said that you give out $500 first. 
And then what do you need to know to give the other half of the grant? Sure. So, you know, it depends. sometimes they need all the money up front. It's a specific circumstance, and they need it all at one time. And sometimes we'll do that. But generally we'll get $500. They'll give us, like, a, a progress report when they're halfway done with what they're doing or they've started it. And after they give us the progress report, we'll give them the following, uh, the, the other $500. Okay, now I have my first $500. I've started my project. How much help do you give me? Do you give me some help or do you just, you know, take a look at the reports I give you? Um, you said you like to be hands on. How hands on are you in this project? Well, when you give out 365 grants a year, you really can't be too hands-on. Can't be too hands-on, no. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking, we're, wow, we're, you don't have time to sleep. No. So we're not, we're not hands-on. We're, we are, you know, so we've been at, we've been trying to figure out how we measure the success of what we do, you know, if, if it's working out. And basically the way we measure it is, are the people doing what they said they're going to do? And so, uh, you know, our, our hands-on is just trying to, Hopefully have people, you know, reply and give us documentation that they're doing what they said they're going to do with the money. And they've, you know, that, so maybe think a picture or a video or some kind of documentation to indicate we've started doing what we, what we did. And, you know, at the end of the project, we do ask people to send in some receipts just to demonstrate how the money was spent. Uh, that they, you know, we, 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 tr- you know, there's, you know, it's like a, a system of trust but verify. Uh, and, and, yeah, and basically they, 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 we ask at the end of the project, they send us some kind of completion report. And it's our goal. This is, this is evolving. We're really new. This is, this is a new idea in philanthropy, and we're just getting started, and it's going to expand. We're seeing a lot of commonalities among way, about ways we can support the applicants. We're seeing, you know, there's a, a, lot, a number of people who are trying to start up new nonprofits, and they've got something going. They want to expand it. They want to figure out how to raise money. They want to build a web. They, 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 they need public relations help. They need... Uh, a website, you know, these are not always new ideas, they're expansions of existing things that are already going, you know, I'd say in about two-thirds of the time and maybe one-third of the time it's, it's a new idea, something that someone wants to implement. So we're seeing these commonalities, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to build up like a vendor network of people we can we can uh, suggest and we get like either discounted or free rates on from those people, we can refer them to Hey, reach out to these people. They can help you on your website, and they'll give you a discounted rate. Reach out to this person; they'll help you get in the media for what you're working on. Reach out to this person. This attorney will help you get for really low rate. Help you figure out how to get your 501c3 uh, qualification uh, as a nonprofit. So those are evolving, and we're hoping as this goes on that we'll have like alumni, you know, people who've done their project and finished it. And as people apply who've done projects similar to previous projects. That we can use them as a like uh, their alumni network of referrals. Say, hey, we suggest you. This is a great idea. You're approved, but we want you to speak to this guy, a couple of these guys first, because they can tell you about their project that was similar and what they did right, what they did wrong, what they would suggest that you, you know, how they can help, you know, what they suggest you might do differently, knowing what they know, so you don't repeat the same mistakes. That sounds incredible. Um, you also give loans. And I love the way you have people pay back their loan. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, when somebody's start, gotten a loan and their business is up and going and they're starting to pay back, what do you have them do? I love this. Sure. So some of, these, so some of the applications we got, we started realizing some of these applications were, were not, were for profit, were people trying to, you know, for, for profit. They weren't non-profit. They were making some kind of money out of it. 
And, but they were really, they were great projects. They were social change. They weren't just improving that person's lot in life. They were helping others. And we, we saw this. We, we came up with something called the Pay It Forward Grant. And so we give, the, we give them a $1,000 grant, but the, 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 the request is that upon the successful implementation of their idea, that they'll sponsor a future grant for someone else as well. I love that. You know, not only do you get to, to get your own project going, but then you get this incredible joy helping somebody else do theirs. It's you know, really creative, lovely. Do you have anybody who's completed their project yet or, you know, because it's so new? Yeah, well, we've had, we've had, we, so, you know, even when they were completed, are still in process. Like we know what they paid, what they paid for, and what they're what they're what they're doing. You know, um, there's actually one of the, uh, and I, I, I got to be honest, I, don't, I, 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 I sort of helped choose the grants with the with the board with some other people. But I have, in terms of a lot of the paperwork that follow up grants, that, that the follow up paperwork that shows exactly how the money was spent and how it's all done. We've only had a few of those back because we just started the last quarter last year. And so, and I haven't read through those to be honest. But I, you know, I think we, but we have had follow up about people what they're doing and how's it going. You know, our, our actually our first, our, our very first um, uh, grant was a very, um, going to say, uh, I want to say, not uh, very courageous grant to say. It's a there's a there's a woman uh, who was in a, I think a junior or senior in high school at a place called Taft High School in California, and she started the Taft Sex Squad. And what the sex route was is they used the money. They wanted to create uh, performance-based sex, sex education. And they had, so they would do, like, uh, performance, like, figure of doing, you know, showing, using for performance uh, in some way, you know, nothing too risque, you know, but we're talking about some kind of risque subject in some degrees. You know, they would do things about talking about, you know, teen pregnancy and sexual, sexual health issues and, uh, and age prevention. And they used the money to help create things that they could pass out for people to give, you know, to give out a, a prophylactics or things they can hold. Because I guess people, they put condoms in their back pocket and they, they, they end up not being effective. If they sit there for too long, uh-huh. they break. And so there's a special holder they were giving out to people, uh, to other students that they're going to have sex up to see to make sure that what they're using is, you know, isn't going to cause unwanted, uh, unwanted, unwanted pregnancies. And so, you know, she's given us some feedback about how it's been received and it's how helpful it's been to them getting uh, them creatively sharing this, you know, this, discussing this, uh, this topic that is often avoided. Well, it needs to be talked about. And on that note, we're going to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Ari Nessel saying, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the self-improvement show. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Meet 
best-selling authors, find tantalizing new books, learn the latest healthy living tips, and be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, my guest Ari Nessel. We've been talking about his amazing work called The Pollination Project that is giving $1,000 every day to someone who has a vision of making things better. Ari, do you come across people who say, oh, I'd really like to do something, but you know, I don't think I can make a difference? You know, Talk about how people can make a difference. Sure. I, I, you know, I've, it is definitely my direct experience that every single person has some, has some opportunity to make a difference. We all have, you know, as I said before, we've got, there's something that's important and meaningful to us. You know, maybe someone in your family has a disability and you see something that you're, you're seeing a problem that relates to them getting, having access around, the, you know, to certain locations and you start thinking about how can I create things more, make things more accessible, speak at my city council, you know, or you have a you you have a some kind of skill or, or education. You're a yoga teacher, and you know you you want to take that to people under to people who don't have access to to that. They never thought about they don't have the money to take yoga classes because sometimes yoga you know yoga classes cost fifteen dollars a pop, and they don't have right. the money for that. So you want to bring that into into your community or into inter, into underprivileged locations, and you need money to buy mats or cushions for that. Well, you're seeing all in your neighborhood people throwing away, you know, they don't have healthy foods, and they're throwing away all the, all, a lot of trash that's being wasted. And you want to build a organic a community garden, and or or get or a place for composting. And you can these are things that you know there are universal opportunities. That's like a universal opportunity that most neighborhoods don't have, and it builds connection. Maybe you know you're you're an art student and you see opportunities for ways you can bring art into the neighborhood and to share with other people, or you're a, you're a high, you're you're in some uh, education system that you want to uh, you know sponsor activities that are for some some benefit to uh, to to environment or to to uh, humanity in some way to animals, and you've got this idea of building a club. Well, we can support you. Well, you already have something already going. And you want to grow it bigger. You're already making a difference, but you just a thousand dollars more will thousand dollars or further what you're doing and uh, enhance it. There's just it, it is. 
um, without doubt in my mind that everyone's given, given, given a gift for how they can make a contribution. And I just would like to ask the listeners to think about in their life, you know, what is their opportunity to make a contribution and how much, how do you think their life is affected by helping others? You know, a lot of people, especially those who have really low self-esteem, uh, you know, young people who have such energy but don't think they have anything to offer, uh, what do you tell these people when they say, yeah, but I really can't do anything? Well, i got to be honest. That we're, we're talking to people who think they can do stuff. Good, uh, yeah. And I, but and I think everybody that's, can. Yeah, and I think that for me the best way is not to talk about it. It's to just be doing it. And it's by funding these, pro- these people who have this, this self-knowledge that they, their life does matter and their life does make a difference. And by them living as an example, they're going to influence, I'm, we're hopeful, that all the people around them. And it's one of the great things about people that take this on is that say, you know, people say, oh, my brother, my sister, my mom, they're lazy, they're not doing it their life, they're not making, they're, they're not, they're not me- taking their privileges and doing something with it. Well, rather than chastise them for it, you know, maybe the best thing to do is to live it as an example, to demonstrate the values you want them to, t- to uphold. So take on, think about where you can make a, di- a difference, do it, and in- inspire that person in your family who you feel is not taking advantage of their, their opportunities. And maybe all they need is to be asked. <laughs> and they'd love to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah and, and, ask them to join you in what you're doing. From the self-improvement point of view, if you have low self-esteem or if you think you, or you, you can't do something, you know, the best way to climb out of that hole is to go do it. You know, there's this little saying, the only way out is through. Go do something, you know, get out there, and then you'll find that you feel really much better about yourself, and you find all kinds of talent that you really do have. Yeah, there's a there's a really nice quote I like by uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He says that everybody, everything, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Oh, that's a lovely quote. There's so many people who need so many things, and some of these things are so tiny. You know, I think especially of old people in the nursing home that have no one to come and see them. And a visit from anybody, just going in to say hello, makes their day. That doesn't cost you anything. And then but you take that and you start way doing that. Help, what? You, you start doing that and you say, wow, this is really making a difference. How do I encourage more people to do it? And you form a club and you, exactly. you, know, you, you approach us now and say, hey, I'm already visiting people at, you know, at, the, at, this, at this nursing home and it's making a difference. Wouldn't it be great if we could start doing ceramics with them? And you start doing it like, wow, this is really working. I want to bring more people in, but we need some more money to get that happen. Or we, need to, you know, we want to bus these people to places that where, they can, where they can participate in these classes. And that's where we come in. We can provide the financial sustenance to your project. You know, and, and probably, you know, if people would just sit down and think about it, have somebody to talk with, do a little brain-busting on it, they'd come up with all kinds of ideas how they can help, you know, how they can make a difference. There, there, there's a lot of needs in our communities. We just need to open our eyes and take a look. Well, and, and it just to your, you know, in terms of the brainstorming idea you had, it is, it makes it ultimately much more joyful uh, and and support.
poor, you feel more supported when you do this with someone else. When you you know you can do it. A lot of great people are doing this on their own, and that's fantastic. And there's some great leaders out there. But some people sometimes it's uh, when you you know you have a co you know a co-conspirator on your path of you know of meaning. It's they you guys you know one day you're tired, you're not feeling the energy. The other person helps lift you up, and you make it. When you make a commitment to another person, it, uh, sometimes it, you're more able to stay with it than if you make a commitment only to yourself. Yeah. Are you getting enough qualified applicants that you can continue to give $1,000 a day? Well, our goal was really is to start the mid-year to do one a day. Uh, We thought we'd, you know, hopefully we'd build through shows like yourself, your own, you know, build enough uh, media to get uh, to get our name out there, so we get enough applications. But we've actually been able to do a one a day uh, since since January first. So we've changed our goal now. Instead of doing one a day starting June thirtieth to doing one a day starting January first. So this year we want to give out three hundred sixty five grants, and so far we're we're able to hit the we're able to hit that uh, that goal. That's wonderful, Ari. We're right up to the end of the show. What's the final thought? You'd like to use uh, to use to leave with our listeners today. Well, uh, I guess you know there's a the quote that that I really enjoy uh, from Harold Whitman, uh, and he says, "Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive, and then go do that. Because the world needs what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I I find this project has made me come alive, and I'm finding that people who who we, I fund or we fund are come alive by finding ways that they they can bring more meaning and contribution and community into their life. So I just what I would leave with this is asking people what makes them come alive and how can they take that as a means for uh, for a contribution in their in their community, in their in their networks, in their schools, in their work, and put it into practice. So if you want your own life to go into overdrive, find something to do that helps somebody else. Next week's guest is Steve Wilson. He's a psychologist, what is called a joyologist, whose motto is don't postpone joy. And I can guarantee you that he's probably going to make us all laugh. You won't want to miss Steve Wilson. Ari Nessel, thank you so much so much i I thank you for all that you're doing and i thank you for being on the self-improvement show thank you dr irene um keep in touch i will see if i can find creative ways (laughs) to let people know that you're in existence on the self-improvement blog and on this show um it's it's been just delightful having you here this is irene conlon and my guest ari nessel saying thank you for being with us today Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.